Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film for the week ending August 13th, 2021. The reason why I'm doing the date timestamp is so you, the, our dear listeners and viewers, can know which movies are coming out every week. That said, me, Bruce Perky, and Eric Holmes, we, we like to cover a lot of the independent movies. We get a lot of screening links. So a lot of us, you know, Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes are actually going out to theaters and watching them. I actually had a chance this week to see a screening. I was so I was a coward and I didn't go out. I was, I'm, I'm still worried to, to leave the house. But eventually down the road, all three of us will be doing a lot more commercial films. We're going to have a commercial film discussed this week. It's a week later. We're going to talk about the Suicide Squad. But for this week of August 13th, we have a lot of movies to cover for this week. New movies this week opening on Friday, August 13th. I am joined. I'm Greg Srizvasti. I am joined by Perkadoon, Bruce Perky. Perkadoon. You know, I don't know what that... Re- I, Eric Holmes, do you know what Perkadoon means? What what it, it, it's not Dune as in D U N E. This is no. This is yeah. What do, I, it's Perkadoon D O O N. I saw the I saw the show notes, so I got a pretty good idea. Oh but, right, uh, I, you know what? Having not seen that, I, I it would have went right over my head. Okay, Bruce Perky will be reviewing something regarding his Perkadoon moniker. Now, are you excited about whatever Dune you're going to be covering? Are you excited about Dune? Do you like Dunes? this might be the better dune to come out this year i'm just gonna start with that fire really really fire take i was not i i'm a denis villeneuve villeneuve fan and i saw the dune trailer eric holmes bruce perky i was a little bit uh, underwhelmed i know it's going to be a great movie but were you guys you you, i guess bruce you weren't flipping you weren't flipping uh, up upwards and downwards and sideways when you saw the trailer correct yeah i have faith in him though i'm I'm sure it'll be good but i just feel like it's gonna be so serious and so mm. heavy and probably very long. I just have a feeling it's going to be good, but not as great as everyone thinks it's going to be. But I could, I hope to be wrong. I hope to be pleasantly if, surprised. It, if it's anything like the book, if they get all but, but they said they're splitting it into to two movies and the book that I don't know what she gave away. The, the, the book's really good. It, it basically, because a lot of people talk about how great the book is, and they don't talk about why it's great. Oh. So basically, Charles, uh, <laughs> Paul Atreides basically becomes a chosen one by a series of accidents and treachery, and no one can really talk about it. And then all of a sudden, it's like this perfect storm of this guy, Paul Atreides, comes around. It's like, well, I guess he's the, I guess he's the chosen one. Then, it, you know, things start happening. And then he eventually, over time, becomes a tyrant and starts a uh, framing jihad. And so it's kind of like, uh, imagine Luke Skywalker learning to become a Jedi, learning the Jedi ways, becoming the hero that everyone wanted. And then he just ended up just start laying waste to everyone. And uh, basically his existence was a uh, blight on all of the galaxy. That's kind of that's kind of the story that of Dune is. I think well, I just heard the good one. I think yeah. that was it. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> Well, listeners, my, my 15 bucks or whatever. L- l- listeners, a little bit uh, peek behind the curtain. Uh, find your film. We've been up and running the podcast. We've been up and running for the last year. We were looking for sponsorships. Eric Holmes in one fell swoop by by explaining the entire Dune story to everyone out there who is listening has alienated our our listenership and maybe all the movie studios who are going to try to come our way. And sp- um, well, now we're not going to get double sponsored. There, there, there's been a book that's been out forever. Uh, two different movies that's been out forever, and like that. Well, that that movies didn't really touch on on the uh, downfall so much as the uh, the heroes, yeah, the, the hero's chosen journey. one. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They they lean on the they lean on the the chosen one aspect, but the the interesting part is how he became that way, and how 
everything kind of accidentally set up that way. And yes. then how everything just completely shits the bed and falls apart at the end where it's like, oh, shit. This, oh, the, this, was, not, this was not a good just, idea. I suggest you audibly beep out chosen words within that description <laughs> and it'll be really cryptic. <laughs> there, it'll there sound like he's saying a lot of dirty words. It'll be great. But, but I mean, so- it's, it, it's like giving away the Wizard of Oz. It's been, it's been around. Don't tell me what happens at the end of the Wizard of Oz. She meets it, the it, Wizard of Oz and he's... <laughs> All I, mean, I know is I'm, a, I'm also going to give away the three wait, wait a pigs. Do- well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, if if I recall, the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy stays in Oz, and everything's fine with the Munchkins, and she's like every every all the witches are alive. Correct? Is that what happens? Yep. And she was not <laughs> asleep the whole time at all. That was and, that. And and something about home really sucking. So that's all. That's all I know. That's all I know. Suck home. She says it a lot. Home suck home. Anyway, the the whole point of even saying what the story of Dune is, is if they split it up into two, the Dune that's coming out this year is Mm going to be Paul Atreides becoming the chosen one, so on and so forth. And then the second one's going to be the fuck bummer that, you know, at at this point, like everyone's like, yay, Paul. And, you know, the kids are wearing their Dune costumes and Paul Atreides t-shirts and toys and Dune toys and stuff. And then the second (laughs) one comes out and it's like, yay, mom, dad, can we go see Dune too? Yeah, honey, let's go. And then they bring their kid to see Dune too, only to find out that Paul Atreides is a master tyrant and started a jihad that murdered, you know, pretty much most of the galaxy. (laughs) Wow, okay. but intelligently they're going to market it as dune 2 fuck bummer anyway. <laughs> <laughs> dune, dune. That, oh yeah that was uh, i believe that was the name of the second second half of the book listeners to this podcast if you do see dune down the road can you please tell me eric and bruce what you think of the movie because as of this moment we are all banned from actually watching that movie <laughs> thanks thanks to eric holmes's prophetic words very cool though that's that's actually very interesting Eric Holmes, you have something very, very interesting coming up within a few seconds. But before we get to your really big story for this week, Eric Holmes, this weekend, me, Bruce, and Eric, we are taping a William Friedkin Spotlight podcast because William Friedkin was one of our first, if not our first, director spotlight. Thankfully, Eric Holmes brought that up over a year ago. And now a year later, we're back with William Friedkin. We will be covering the Friedkin films, Jade and The Hunted, two movies I believe are I haven't seen Jade actually. Bruce Perky recently seen Jade. Recently saw Jade. He's not going to give us our reactions. He doesn't. He hasn't even told me and Bruce what. I mean, me and Eric, what's going on with that? What he thinks? He he had a couple of comments which I I thought was interesting. But we are covering Jade and the Hunted. The Hunted, personally, I think is is a very underrated freaking film. That's why it's my choice. Eric, what did you think of these two choices, Jade and the Hunted? Are these two are these two uh, good selections for our next? Find your film director spotlight as far as William Friedkin goes and his well, his well they're William Friedkin movies, so obviously they're good selections. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's got a bad pair of the bunch. Uh, I, well, when we did the first uh, William Friedkin, which uh, you can listen to on uh, podcasts, yeah. places everywhere, probably wherever you're listening to this one, just yeah. scroll back all the way to the beginning. That'll <laughs> be the first one. But yeah, to, when we did uh, the first William Friedkin, come to find out that he doesn't have many misses and no. like even his misses are still pretty good so but yeah specifically the hunted and jade very excited to talk about both of those okay very cool yeah if you go back to our podcast feed like eric holmes was saying i mean we covered a whole bunch of freaking films the one movie the mo- couple movies that i remember is killer joe and also the highly underrated sorcerer which oh my gosh that is a classic speaking of classics this is probably our biggest story this week on find your film Eric Holmes, he, we always thought like how he likes to bring in a complete universe of filmmakers and just different people onto our program. 
Eric Holmes, what do you have for us coming up for next week, which will, it's really pretty cool. Well, next week, as you know, I'm a fan of the movie Lose the Flower of Evil. And next week we have uh, the director, writer-director, uh, Juan Diego Elizondo, or Juan, Juan Diego Escobar Alzate. Alzate, yeah. <laughs> Practice that so many times in here, you're <laughs> fucking it up. Sorry, wait, wait, I know a little <laughs> Spanish. Yo conozco español. Tu conozco, tu conoces, uh, Bruce Perky? Tu conoces uh, la lengua? I was asking, uh, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, let's see. You know Spanish a little bit. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Eric. Go ahead, keep on going. Juan Diego Escobarazate, he's going to be on the show with us and to talk about his movie, Lose the Flower People, which you can stream on Shudder among other streaming services. But he prefers if you can watch it on Shudder. Watch it on Shutter because that that's kind of what he prefers that uh, people stream it on. I guess that's going to help him out more. But it's I believe it's also streaming on Amazon, AMC Plus. Uh, it's streaming on a bunch of other different stuff, or you can rent it or buy it even. But also, when he comes on, we will be giving away not one. Wait, what was the first one? Show show us not this, two. Oh, these are just different DVDs. But three. That's uh, Blu-ray blues DVDs. Yeah, okay. so we got we got two DVDs right here. And then we got a three pack. This one's uh, number 213, uh, 333. Oh my goodness. This, this is the German version. It's got the Blu ray, the DVD, and the soundtrack on it. And oh, I got to show you this because this is really cool for our visual listeners here. It's got kind of how Arrow does the double sided. Yes, yes. Arrow, like, yeah, Arrow Video does the double sided pictures and, on it. There's double sided pictures on this ex- extended. And then it's got this, uh, it's got Beautiful. this little booklet inside. With uh, pictures of all the uh, all the different posters they've made, and speaking of posters, we have autographed ones also to give away. Uh, I can't unfold those and show those on the show right, right. here. You have to keep but, them uh, in good. You have to keep them in good condition. So, how many posters, autographed posters, are you giving away, Eric Holmes? So the so the uh, the DVDs and the Blu-rays will have posters in them, and then we have one, two. I, I believe we have three or four posters on top of that uh, on top that, you know, just posters by themselves that we can also give away. So we're going to be giving away a bunch of stuff. We're going to be uh, calling a bunch of names. Anyone that's uh, emailed me in the past, uh, you're in a couple of people have emailed me since I uh, posted the thing on cinematics. You're in and you're in. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically we just want to uh, give away a bunch of loose stuff and we will have Juan Diego here to help help us give it away and talk about his movie and uh you know we'll be able to talk some spoilers it's i'm so very very excited about this i cannot even contain myself (laughs) now this giveaway (laughs) listeners this giveaway as of this recording this giveaway will last a couple of weeks because next week we will have juan diego escobar alzate on on our show with eric holmes and bruce perky interviewing him i'll i'll make sure to shut my mouth because these guys are the better interviewers than me there eric's gonna eric and bruce are gonna spearhead that interview with mr alzate but if you want to be part of this giveaway email eric holmes at hamslime at gmail.com i will have the actual link in our show notes in our youtube video as well as our as our audio our podcast audio feed also if you want you can I was going to say a, a big prerequisite is you have to be a member of our cinematics community, cinematics, Facebook community. That will be an option. If you actually want to join our little crew, we have about 500 plus people in our, in our really nice, intimate cinematics, Facebook group. You can join that as well. Once you why, join that. And why wouldn't you want to? And why great wouldn't people. You, and why would, you know, but you know what, let's, let's just open up the gates. This is a very, this is a very interesting movie. Bruce has already seen this and, and 
He enjoyed it. He liked the, the surreal take on it. Eric, to be honest, Eric Holmes has been very, very passionate about this movie for months now. So I'm actually, I still haven't seen it. So I, I'm going to follow instructions and watch it this weekend after our freaking podcast and watch it on Shutter. But again, you don't have to be a member of our Cinematics Facebook group, but if you are, that's cool. Most importantly, email Eric Holmes at hamslam at gmail.com with a subject heading, lose the flower of evil giveaway. Yes. Okay. And how many people will win, Eric? Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. Uh, six. 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 Okay. Maybe seven, but I think six. I, okay. I got I to gotta do the math, but I think, I think total is going to be six. So and, you're saying um, six to, you say, are you saying six to nine people might win this? Uh, six or seven. <laughs> I, I got. I got because uh, the I got to put a I got to put a poster put... in one of the uh, DVDs, and then I, I, I got to. It, it's confusing, but I we'll say six. We'll say okay. Six. I was trying to put the six. Okay, to Eric. Nine well, to let's get... ask you again. I was uh, <laughs> six to nine. <laughs> I was just gonna throw in the, the numbers. What is wrong with you, Eric? Okay, Eric. Eric. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't believe a sixty-nine joke just flew right over. You know. Like you know why? You know why I flew by. Bruce, because Eric Holmes is so locked in to this movie. I have to see this movie because, again, there are a couple of movies that I think Eric Holmes, during the full year run of Find Your Film, he has hammered home. Okay. One, Rent-A-Pal. I'm not in this order, but these, these three movies I'm remembering. Lose, The Flower of Evil. Incessantly, he loves this. And then number three is My Heart Can't Beat. What is that? My Heart Can't Beat unless, what is that? Unless you tell it to. These are the three movies. I, if I'm wrong, Eric, correct me. These are among the these are really yeah, high, Uncle high. Peckerhead for sure. And Uncle Peckerhead and Uncle Peckerhead. So and, groupers, the, and groupers and groupers. <laughs> but, but I think that's all three of us. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, all three of us for groupers. And so. I, I would also say, just to stretch this out even longer, if you email me, email me your mailing address. I'm not going to stalk you. I just need a place to send the winnings <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then I'll stalk you. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool so again we are going to have Juan Diego Escobar Alzate next week and then we're going to be talking about his movie Loose Flower of Evil Eric we're also going to be talking about movies that inspire him as a filmmaker right we're going to talk about Jodorowsky mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff yeah. right oh we're going to talk about everything okay cool, yes. cool. and, and why we're going should... to get a movie for the box Bruce oh yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> we're going to get a movie for... Bruce why, why should people see Loose the Flower of Evil let's, let's hear your pitch on it your, your um, well it looks amazing uh, especially for a low budget movie, it's got a really interesting look and, and tone to it. I actually want to, I want to ask him a little bit about his, his cinematography choice and how he kind of picks this kind of almost, it's almost, almost, what do you say? It's kind of almost got that old school, like musical brightness to it. Uh, it's yeah, crazy. Kind of, kind um, of like a sound of music, like the, it's got that technicolor look to it. Oh, very cool. And it definitely, uh, it has that weird, unique cultiness that if you're into the kind of folk horror, I think you definitely would like it. If you're into religious horror, it has some aspects of that. And it's just its own animal. It's really interesting. It's cool. I would have liked to have seen Eric's reaction face when he, the first time he saw Lose the Flower of Evil. It, it, you could probably meme it because you were you just in shock <laughs> at how awesome the movie was. You're like, oh my gosh, right? Yeah. So you're, you're pretty much blown away. Okay. Well, my, my, my face when I'm watching movies is just like this. <laughs> and then he gets over and it's like, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is that is Lose the Flower of Evil and we got also Jade and The Haunted. We got a lot of really cool genre stuff working here. Work in the stew and find your film. Also, Eric Holm, your moniker, you said peace out, mother effers. It's not mother effers. I'm not going to say what the other part of the mother is. I don't even know what part of it. Darn it. You tried. You tried. (laughs) Oh, okay. That that is a reference to a movie we will be covering very, very soon in this episode. Speaking of which, the movies, our main movie 
reviews this week. The featured movies that are coming out are Howling Village or The Howling Village, Not Going Quietly. That is a documentary, Raging Fire, and a movie called The East, which I will start. I will kind of mini review, and I'm going to see if Eric and Bruce can get actually screening links so they can help out and do a little. We can talk a little bit more about it on the Rewind for next week. Bruce, dealer's choice. What movie should we cover first? Um, well, let's see. I think we should start with um I think we should start with The Howling Village. So Howling Howling Village, okay? I saw this last night. By the way, Bruce, can you can you remind me another thing? Folks, I've been saying this the last couple of weeks, Bruce Porky, whenever we get these screening links, we we all get maybe three or four screening links, average 3.5 screenings a week, let's just say that. By by the next day, for some gosh darn reason, Bruce Porky has seen all three movies, leaving me and Eric Holmes in a state of panic for the next several days. We go, Bruce is already finished. When am I going to get done? And then second, secondly, Eric Holmes actually finishes by probably Monday, and I am the last one to finish. I just finished all movies be- before, like an hour before recording. Bruce, how were the how the heck do you do this so so quickly? Is it because of your lack of time? You just want to get it out of the way quickly. Well, I usually have Saturday off, and if I get home even late on a Friday, usually I'll start one of them, and if it's good enough, I'll finish it. Then I'll start another one on Saturday morning, and if I have time, I'll finish a third one on Saturday evening. So three movies. And Eric, what is what is your usually weekly schedule as far as screening the movies that we have to watch for Find Your Film? So we record these on Wednesdays. Usually if I have time uh, when we're done, and then I'll at least start on one. Thursdays are usually bad. Fridays are bad. Saturdays, I can usually put something in. It's just, I'll find, I'll kind of know what I have throughout the week. And then all the free time is, bam, this is when I'm watching this one. This is when I'm watching this one, so on and so forth. Okay. Well, for me, before we get to the reviews, I'm going to, after Bruce lands at salvo of the movies that he's already seen on our Google Docs notes, he's already, when, whenever he checks all movies seen by Bruce, I, I go into, into a paralytic shock for the next four days until I actually have to finally watch them. So that is another peek behind the curtain. Now let's get to Howling Village. It's in select theaters August 13th on demand and August 17th. And it's on Blu-ray September 14th. Now, very, I would say very simple plot. Okay. It starts off with these two, I would say teenagers, maybe they're 18, 19, maybe at the most 20, their boyfriend and girlfriend, they go into this tunnel. It's late at night and they believe through this tunnel or through this passage somewhere out of nature, there is a quote, the titular Howling Village, a haunted village where there could be spirits, ghosts haunting you, whatever. So they're going there just for kicks. The girlfriend, she's going there to actually probably post it on social media. They're, they're taking selfies. She wants to be recorded. It's late at night. They're trying to do a little spooky kind of mini documentary, maybe, maybe that they'll put up on Instagram or TikTok. Unfortunately, Howling Village is, for the purposes of this story, pretty real there are spirits we don't know where they're from there are there are dogs they are attacked things happen the boyfriend ends up being a very mentally he's a normal guy he loves his girlfriend but he is emotionally scarred from the incident and this boyfriend his sister his sister is a psychologist at a hospital and she actually starts trying to wonder what's going on with her with her brother and this nurse slash psychologist, she becomes the main character of Howling Village. She tries to figure out the mystery behind the tragedy of the people who live in this village. She's trying to, trying to help her brother as well. She has another younger brother who might be in danger. Her family might have a strange connection to this village. She 
might be able to see dead people like Haley Joel Osment in the sixth sense. You don't know if it's a dream or not. It seems like a simple plot. It's directed by Takashi Shimizu, and he is the filmmaker behind the original The Grudge and The Grudge 2. Eric Holmes, what did you think of Howling Village, straight up? Well, first of all, the fact that you said attacking dogs, that's a very uh, <laughs> its a very clean way of putting it. Um, <laughs> they, but uh, They're not too well behaved. They lack a little bit of decorum, I would say. <laughs> well, the, uh, yeah, the, this movie is uh, really good. I've, I've never seen... So, I've seen the Grudge movie, like the Sarah Michelle Grudge, and then the re- the recent one that came out. And I didn't really like either one of them, so I never really went back and watched the Juan. I, I've heard it's much better, but I, like the story itself just didn't intrigue me, so I never really wanted to go back and watch the Juan. And then I saw this, and I'm like, I might have to go back and watch Juan. <laughs> um, <laughs> This is this has uh it's kind of has um you know it has that early two thousands Japanese horror look to it where everything's yeah. real green and kind of has a uh, stories almost a uh, Silent Hill esque but instead of a city it's you know uh, dogs and it's got a I don't know what I should say but it's uh it borrows a lot well I I shouldn't say it borrows because it came out around the same time but the uh, Fear Street the sixteen sixty six um some of the revelations in Fear Street are really similar to some of the revelations in this one. And see that, um, yeah. you think you know what's up, but you don't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say much more than that because that would ruin this and Fear Street. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I already ruined Dune earlier, but that was decades <laughs> old. So I'm, I feel pretty good that's, about that. That's fair. That is fair. But yeah, th- this is a really good movie. It's it's really trippy. And I thought that this was going to be like one of those uh, just kind of uh, movies that just kind of like a David Lynch type movie where it just kind of goes all over the place and you kind of don't know exactly how to follow it. But then it starts to like towards the end, it starts to come together. And the ending of this, uh, especially like the last, the very last scenes of this movie happens in a, in a tunnel, I believe that's uh, I, I love this. <laughs> the, the, I love the ending to this. It, it just, it started off kind of like, okay, I've been there before. And as it goes, as it goes on, like I'm a little bit, confused but still intrigued and then it was a perfect dismount ending to make me say yeah this movie's really good okay so this is a solid recommend for you for howling village yeah but also the you know anytime you get a weird movie like this it always comes with the caveat like if you're not into i, I would say if you're not into japanese horror in general or if you're not into something like David Lynch, this might not be for you. But if you're at least intrigued by those, I think you might come around on this. And in fact, probably some people that aren't into that kind of stuff, I think the uh, the supernatural element might be enough to kind of pull people in a little bit. But yeah, if, if you've watched The Ring and you've watched The Grudge and you love those, you're definitely going to love this one because this is like the the awesome version of those type of movies. Okay, that's interesting. Bruce, I have a prediction. I, I have a feeling that you're not going to like this movie. Am I wrong? Um, Yeah, I'm pretty mediocre on it. I, I would say I have the exact opposite reaction to Eric. I love Japanese movies from horror from that era. I watched a ton of it. In fact, it was kind of my happy place. Late 90s, early 1000s. Japanese horror, Japanese horror, Japanese horror. For me, this one really suffered because it took so much from so many other Japanese horror movies. To To me, it felt like a lot of things I'd seen in other movies kind of all jammed together. And I did kind of feel like it kind of jumbled up a little bit too much. Like, like I wanted it to be more simple, but really effective in what it did. So for example, there's the whole thing about 
you go to this bridge at a certain time and I'm not spoiling anything. This is like the setup of the movie. You go to this bridge at a certain time of night, you go to the certain phone booth, you call or you get a phone call from that num- you know, number, you go through a tunnel and you may or may not get to this like fabled, you know, howling village. Cool. Great setup. Let's play with that and make it spooky. And I didn't find the ghosts kind of things that were in this spooky at all like i'd seen better versions of that there's a thing that happens to a certain person that i'd seen other versions of the phone call thing i'd seen other versions of and the ending thing to me was weird (laughs) i respected its weirdness so i guess i i kind of liked i'm kind of with eric as far as the ending i think the ending elevates this movie but there wasn't enough early on to like make the ending pull it out for me like i felt it was just way all over the place too much that said so this is not a sorry eric is this not not a recommend for you see i'm kind of the reverse of eric on this i feel like this is a good recommend to people who have seen less japanese horror i think if you've seen a little bit of japanese horror you might love this movie if you've seen a lot of the late 90s early thousands japanese horror this might be too reminiscent that's my feeling but i i don't know i guess uh, i guess the consensus will tell so I would say I would recommend it to someone who's seen a little bit less of that. They might get uh, more surprises out of this. Eric? Yes. You say? I'm sorry. I, I, oh, oh, I, I was actually going to agree with the thing Bruce said about the, uh, the, the beginnings kind of muddled. I guess where I differ with Bruce is I just thought it all kind of came together. Like I was kind of, you know, rattling around in my head. and like, I'm not quite sure what happened. And then as the movie went on, it started coming together for me. But yeah. I yeah I, I was I was like yeah no I've seen a bunch of Japanese horror and then I'm thinking I'm like no it's mostly Korean horror that I've been watching <laughs> like I, I think of like Takashi Miike and, and stuff like that but uh, I mean yeah you're not wrong but I, I I don't know I I think uh, maybe check it out but yeah you're probably right there's some people that well like uh, what I, I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of any other ones it's not the Grudge or the Ring like One Missed Call The Pulse Okay Cairo. Oh, There's no, a I bunch of other ones. I think, I think Takashi even directed one in this call. I think he, he was the director behind that. Yeah, so. there's a lot of there's a lot of little things that are like in this that I've seen in other things. Even to the point of how a certain character dies early on, yeah. in a surprising way. I'm not going to say who and how. That was what almost was taken that? directly from another horror movie. What was that one movie? The oh, Black the, X. The the Kurt is it the, the curse? Cure? The Cure. All right. That movie is great. Is that Japanese or is that Korean? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? Well, I'll, 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 I'll just try to stay safe and call it asian cinema asian <laughs> cinema very go. good very good so i i liked Holland village i actually yeah like eric i liked it i liked the movie but i will agree with bruce in a certain sense it's like actually having a nice meal and then go okay this is a nice simple meal i'm gonna enjoy it wait wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't want this ingredient on my, my no this is a good i like olives but this is too much this is no 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 i don't want I, I just want water. Don't get me the Diet Coke. I, I don't, I, I like Diet Coke, but I don't want it right now. I'm just having a simple salad. But then I have all these olives and I have a freaking Diet Coke. I'm a little bit confused. There are parts in this movie that Bruce was alluding to. Like if you go to a certain time of night, you can get in the Howling Village. Yeah. You know what? All of that is inferred. And Eric was talking about this Fear Street interwoven thing. Yes. All of that is in the movie. There are so many threads in this movie that you go, take out some of these threads, take them out. It's Howling Village. Village A should be scary. People who go there should pretty much almost die or be cursed for the rest of their lives. You don't have to do all of these things. They This movie is a little bit overcooked for me. That said, I still recommend Howling Village for the scares. There is a death sequence from a certain height that 
will always live with me for the rest of my days. Which one? <laughs> yeah, there is. All oh, right, exactly. There are a couple of death sequences in this movie just on that level that made me emotionally, spiritually howl inside because not laugh, but howl in fear because of what I just saw on the screen. And I think Bruce, this actually agrees with Bruce's take. I am not an expert in Korean or Japanese horror cinema. So I actually appreciated Howling Village, maybe a little bit more due to my my own naivete of the genre. So I would say Howling Village is a recommend for me, but it is, there are moments where I think I just, Bruce, I, I, I just wish sometimes simple would be more there's even the end there are there, the ending has several gotcha moments and you go can you take out three gotcha moments and just put one and just <laughs> just stab me right through the heart you don't have to do these little pinpricks these are, I, no but yeah still interesting still interesting movie eric oh uh, I, I wanted to point out the fear street there's yes. once the when I when I compared it with Fear Street, there's one specific thing with Fear Street that they kind of, uh, that I got you, I got you. Yeah, right. the way the yeah. way that the plot goes in a way that you are not expecting. You think it's going? You think this yeah. is happening because they keep saying this happened, and come to find out something completely different happened. That, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's. I fair, think I that I think they could have for me. They could have had that through thread all the way through, and just taken off some of the extraneous. There's things with water. That could have been taken out. I understand yeah. why it was there, but they could have taken that out. They could have made the the I see dead people didn't have to be there. Everyone can see dead people if you go to the Howling Village. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to have this whole other element. There's a lot of little elements like that that I think kind of dilute it in the way that Greg is talking about. There's a subplot with a kid that that's that's cool, but not needed. That's like the olives. I like olives. Yeah. Can I, good can, I, can I, can uh, I, yeah, yes. Okay. Can I vaguely point out a very funny, I, I thought this scene was hilarious to your, uh, without context, this isn't going to make much sense, but we'll just do this. Pretend this uh, DVD I'm dropping down is smiling at me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 Very, that will I'm gonna, never. I'm going to send you guys, I'm going to send you guys a sequence from the original pulse later and you will be oh. like, oh. Oh, okay. 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 Well, <laughs> I, I appreciate that, Bruce. Thank you for that. But yes, that DVD, the slowly descending from what, from the high, from high to low, Bruce, I mean, to Eric, very good. Yes. I will never forget that sequence. Just for that, I recommend Howling Village <laughs> on demand, August 17th and in theaters, August 13th and on Blu-ray, September 14th. I cannot, I cannot uh, with that, with that, that sequence, but again, too much things, Bruce. If they just, like you said, if they just focus on the family's connection to the howling, right, to the howling village and just made it really creepy and scary and made it about more of this generational, yeah. right? Well, and just give it like, and it started out too, and we don't have to keep talking, but I mean, it started out with that idea of you set up the situation and you give it rules. When you go here and you do this, this happens. And it's like that creates the tension of the creepiness to come. And then you build on those rules. And I think that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Hey, can I uh, pitch something just to just see where you guys are at? Because okay. I because I was thinking of this at once the movie ended. It, 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 the movie felt to me at, after the end of the movie, it felt like a prequel. The the movie that comes after this is like where I think the movie's really going to start getting going. And this is the movie that's like, oh, this is all the all the history of the stuff that you saw in the in the previous movie. And I, I do want to see a sequel to this because uh, where, where, where it ends, I really liked it. And I want to see more of that that I cannot talk about. 
Yes. Okay, Which would be so- a totally different kind of movie in a way. Oh yeah. For, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that is it. That is. Yeah. So I, I can't believe we spent like five hours on this movie. It's amazing that <laughs> a seemingly minor movie, we had a lot of things to unpack. Maybe that's a good sign for you guys, for you viewers and listeners of this podcast. Maybe tell us what you think of Howling Village if and when you do see the movie. Now, next up is a documentary called Not Going Quietly. Specifically, it is in theaters on August 13th. I don't know if it right now, if it's as of this recording, it's 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It centers on Adi Bar. Adi Barkley. Oh, wait, wait, my fault. I'm going. It centers on Adi Barkan. Adi Barkan, my fault. It centers on Adi Barkan. He's co founder of Be a Hero, the Be a Hero Pack, organizer for the Center for Popular Democracy. Adi Bar- Barkan has been a lifelong political activist. And this documentary centers on everything is, is going well for him. He is living his best life. He's married to the love of his life. They have a son young son, toddler, everything's going well. He's diagnosed with ALS. After the diagnosis, instead of what most of us, what I'd probably do is retreat into life and just stay close with the family and stay within the house. He decides to do the opposite. As he says in the documentary, the irony is the weaker that he gets, the stronger his voice and his energy becomes. And we see as viewers, we see his physical deterioration as he's undergoing ALS. But we see his determination in actually getting funding as far as just an improved benefit for society. He wants to see the U.S. have a better handle on the way we treat people with disabilities and more importantly, our corrupt or failed medical system through his eyes. And we see throughout the movie, him throughout the documentary, him trying to just talk to different senators. He goes to, to Washington to for people to hear out his voice. And we actually see the people who work with him in this Be A Hero organization along the way as well. And we see his relationship with his family. It is a very stirring and insightful and inspiring documentary. It's a really well done documentary as well. You see Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker. You see all the politicos in this movie, you know, and you see, most importantly, you get to see Adi Barkhan's really, really interesting life. And, you know, it's tragic. It's inspiring. It's all everything pretty much under the sun. It was hard not to get emotional actually watching this movie. And I apologize for mispronouncing his name several times. He's a very memorable person and determined. I don't I have I have one percent of his strength, if that. Bruce Perky, what did you think of this? Uh, I think it's a solid documentary. I do want to point out you name all those famous, you know, liberal names, that's gonna definitely get certain people's hackles up or gonna put people in a certain spot. And that's a tiny part of this movie. Um, they just kind of make appearances towards the, I would say mostly towards the very end, maybe a few early on too, but most of the time it's him, his wife a lot uh, and their child. And then there's a one other, a woman that's with him a lot that is kind of like a fellow poli- political activist. It's kind of helping him organize things, right? But it's not like they're, it's not like they're exploiting him in the sense that they're telling him what to do. He's working with them. So um, I think it's good. I think it's going to, it's going to definitely anger people, especially if you're triggered by politicians that don't give a shit, like you would expect them not to give a shit. That stuff's going to definitely not be very uh, pleasing at all. It's going to give you um, shades of Gleason for sure, as you watch him struggle with day-to-day life. I think it's good. I don't think it's quite as good as Gleason. I think here's my biggest thing with this movie is that what he's going on about a lot of, a lot of things he's talking about is how we are on the precipice of losing the kind of medical healthcare that will help 
and allow people to live a somewhat normal life with these kinds of obstacles. And I feel like the one thing it really missed is it really missed the chance to show in a very, very real way, some of the nuts and bolts of that. I, I think we, t- we, he goes around the edges of it and you see his daily life, but there's certain things like as somebody who lives with somebody who is um, disabled to a very, very to a degree similar to him, she's just degrading at a slower rate. The things that I saw when I was watching this movie that made me go like, why aren't we talking about this? Like he has a ramp in front of his house. Where did he get that ramp? Like, how did he get that ramp? We need to see how hard it is to get a ramp in front of your house. He had a wheelchair accessible car, wheelchair accessible cars or vans. Those cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars. How did he get that? You can't just get that with your insurance. We don't have one of those. We don't. My wife has a power chair. We can't take her anywhere in that power chair. We have to take her in a push chair because we can't afford a $150,000 accessible van. He has an accessible motor home at one point in this. He has a 24-hour caregiver. Now, I'm not saying we should not sympathize and understand his situation. I'm saying that these are missed opportunities from my point of view. Like you should talk about like how much does it cost to have a 24-hour caregiver for somebody who is fully or partially paralyzed like that's the point of this movie and he doesn't they don't do it i would say it's good but it could be great doesn't go deep enough this documentary does not go deep enough for you okay eric your thoughts not going quietly i i also agree with uh bruce i i found this move this documentary to be incomplete um now it does a good job it you know it it exposes politicians as frauds and it does a good job at holding half of them accountable unfortunately at the end of it the uh the the Kamala Harris and the Joe Bidens like if this movie came out last year i i could forgive it but this movie came out months after the uh the force the vote thing and the whole Nancy Pelosi shit so all these people that that the movie kind of holds up as Oh, we're going to get rid of Trump. And then these people are going to be in charge and, and AOC is going to help us. And Joe Biden is going to help us. And those people are in charge now and they did nothing to help bring forth Medicare for all. And so I think it's actually kind of unforgivable that they would put out a documentary about that kind of cheering these people on in a sort of way. Um, it, it just, it just, I, I get that, it, that the, uh, the people at the time that that's, that was their goal. You know, we got to get Trump out of office, which totally makes sense because that guy's a fucking idiot. But the uh, where they get confused at is that just because Trump's an idiot and doesn't care doesn't mean that the other team does because the other team also doesn't care. And they kind of touch on that a little bit at the end where he was asking pointed questions to the uh, the Democratic nominees and they had that kind of look on their face, like, how am I going to answer this? And that, that was a good scene, but I would have liked to, I would have liked to uh, push the idea more that politicians, career politicians don't give a shit. Uh, they, I mean, this, this movie just puts it right out there. It leans more on the, on the Republicans, obviously, but at the, at the end of the day, politicians don't give a shit. Hey, I, I need help. You know, you're supposed to have uh, America's uh, best interests at heart and you don't. I'm dying. You're looking me right in the eyes, basically telling me you don't care. And, oh, you can't have you can't have uh, cameras here. It's a public place, motherfucker. Fuck off. You can have a camera where the fuck you want. And, and like just in, 
Yeah, this movie's very triggering. Like anytime they had a politician just kind of <laughs> talking out of the side of their mouth, they just want to reach the screen, choke the shit out and go, you're a fucking lying. You're fucking, you're a goddamn fucking liar. Just wanted to, but um, yeah. So at the end of the day, all politicians are monsters and all politicians are garbage human beings. And again, this movie holds half of them accountable. I wish they would have held the other half accountable as well and to bruce's part yeah there's there's a kind of a missed opportunity showing kind of the kind of the day-to-day nuts and bolts of what it's like you know granted there's other people that are sick too they have different different things but we're with him so let's see what the nuts and bolts of what you know his disease in his day-to-day life are and really really drive home really drive home of why this is important and because Another thing. Oh, sorry, I'm just ranting off. I'm just getting off on a complete rant here. But a lot of a lot of people that aren't politicians, but are kind of like to lick the boots of politicians for reasons I don't quite understand. Uh, they're the kind of pick yourself up by your bootstraps. And one of the cool things about Audi, uh, Audi, yeah, Audi Barkan. Yeah. One of the cool things about Audi and his and this, you know, spe- uh, the ALS, his deterioration he's going through, is that the uh, you know. People talk about, oh, I didn't have to do that. I picked myself up by the bootstraps. It's like, dude can't even barely talk. You know, how and and he's not the only one that's like this. Lots of lots of people look just because you're able bodied, just because you're able to get a job, doesn't mean everyone can. And just because there's some people that might be mooching off the system doesn't mean that's the case for everyone. There's people that need to be, there's people that need help. And I think if you would have told the the politicians that ALS was a brown person in a foreign country and that medicine was bombs, then we'd be throwing billions of dollars towards a medical medical help for a lot of people. But that's not the case. And I, I don't understand why politicians are garbage people. And, uh, you know what? Fuck it. This move's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was going to see maybe if our podcast get, get a little bit of uh, some dollars from Washington, but I don't think that's going to happen. Anytime soon. <laughs> We're just Thank burning you. all our bridges today. <laughs> so yes, listeners, if uh, no, no support from sandworms or, or, or packs in Washington. So that's a bad thing. But you know we love Eric, so we we uh we are sticking by him. That way, that's going to be another. That's going to be a theme on our upcoming film. By that's the way, yeah. I will not suicide myself this week. So if I, <laughs> yeah, if something happens, I, I just want to throw that. <laughs> okay, out yeah, yeah, conspiracy theory. That'll be that'll be interesting. So Eric Holmes, recommend or not recommend for this movie? It is. I, I, this documentary is definitely incomplete, but I think there's. I mean, honestly, this movie's telling. It's basically teaching things we should already know by now. This should be kind of like. Remember, we had the Marky Mark. I can't remember the name of the movie. <laughs> the Marky Mark movie. Oh, a couple the, weeks ago. the Joe, Joe Bell. Bell. Joe Bell. So this yeah, is you... one of those movies that kind of has added value depending on who the viewer is, too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I mean, like in my case, it doesn't add a ton of value because I literally am kind of living close to the, the issues that are here, so I understand <laughs> it. But someone else is going to see this and go like, "Okay, now I see this guy in the shower." And he's having someone have to, to wash his hair and help him get bathed. And then he, during the shower says, and he's using the arm rails to hold himself and help himself support himself. And he says, well, what's going to happen when I can't do that anymore? That kind of thing is value added for someone who doesn't have any personal experience in the realm of what true, you know, challenge is in this, in this realm. 
So I'd, I'd, I would also add that uh, Adi himself is value added just because as, as yeah. a person and as a character, he, he's very charming person. Very and uh, person. like, even when he completely loses his voice and he's just talking with the, with the computer voice, like his personality comes through even in that. So, I mean, uh, that, yeah, uh, it's a character piece is really good. Okay. Yeah. So I, I also, I enjoyed, I enjoyed this movie. I, I really enjoyed the documentary, but yeah, like Bruce said, could have gone deeper in a lot of issues. But as a as a peek and insight into the look of the life of Adi Barkhan, struggles with ALS and his con- and his continued determination to actually make a difference in this world, worth checking out. Obviously, on different levels regarding your knowledge to the situation. So again, that is not going quietly. Hits theaters, select theaters, Friday, August thirteenth. Last but not least, I hope it's not least is this movie called R- Raging Fire. Now I know Bruce Perky is not. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I know he's not a big fan of. Hong Kong action thriller kind of things. Are you, is that your, that's not, is that, it's kind of not your, I, it's like the reverse of what I was talking about with horror, Japanese horror movies, right? Yeah. I'm like the guy who doesn't watch a lot of fighting movies and, you know, Kung Fu or whatever version of martial arts it is. Yeah. Well, this is a martial arts action thriller drama thing. That's like, if you like heat and you kind of dig Den of Thieves and you dig Donnie, Donnie Yen, I, we're talking about value added. I think this is going to be a value added film. First off, Raging Fire runs at 125 minutes in theaters Friday, August 13th. Donnie Yen plays Bong, B-O-N-G, a very principled cop who is finding a lot of people, his colleagues, are actually mowed down in the line of fire during a failed operation. Eight of his colleagues are killed. Okay, and we're not going to say who's killed in this failed operation, but the problem is the mysterious person, the mysterious mastermind behind this is, this is not a spoiler, is his Former partner, played by Nicholas, I'm mispronouncing the name TSE. I'm gonna just pronounce it Nicholas Say, and he plays Engo and No or Engo. I don't know NGO. He's the antagonist, okay, and he's very good in this movie. Nicholas Say, he's very very good in this movie. And the problem with his character is years ago he used to be a cop, and and he got framed on, on an operation which he shouldn't have been. People should have had his back. His bosses should have had his back, and because of just circumstances, this guy was thrown in jail. He comes out of jail and he's on a revenge mission against the people who wronged him and his fellow police cop buddies. And they, they go up these former ex-police. It's basically ex-police led by this guy versus Bong and his current crew of policemen and women. That is the plot line behind Raging Fire. It has a lot of, if you've seen The Departed, if you've seen Den of Thieves, if you've seen Heat, all of these type of movies, you're not going to be feel left out. It's not going to be an alien film for you. But the only difference is it's a Hong Kong set action thriller. You know what? For 125 minutes, didn't bring anything new to the table for me, but I loved every single second of it. There is, we're talking about memorable moments. There is a, there is a height sequence from Howling Village, which we mentioned that is, that will live with me. There is another sequence where, where there is like something gets caught in this movie in the middle of something that I go, what the heck? I've never seen this before. Maybe Bruce, you've seen this before, but I've never seen this before. And just for that, I thought it was worth it. Really good action. Top of the line film for me. And uh, I, I definitely strongly recommend Raging Fire. Bruce Berkey, it's not your genre. I don't know. Well, I mean, when I see a movie like this, I expect it to be 
now this is just from pretty much a layman when it comes layman when it comes to this kind of movie i expect pretty much no plot just excuses to get to the fight scenes and it's a little of that but the plot's actually a little better than i expected it to be so i i found myself more invested in the characters than i thought i would especially the villain because my experience once again limited usually the villain is just a villain they're bad or they've done something really bad to make the hero angry like you know they've killed a family member or something to make the hero angry but this actually has a pretty good reason that the villain is angry which i kind of i I kind of enjoyed that you don't know it right off the bat so at the beginning it seems like it might be more generic and as you discover that you're like okay cool a little more motivation here so it gives you just a slight bit of i don't know say it's sympathy because the guy is pretty evil but a little bit of sympathy and and i think it, it added to me character a little bit more than i expected and then the action fighting pieces are pretty damn good to my eyes. Uh, and what I liked. So once again, you guys tell me where I'm on or off on this one. What I really liked, there's an early action scene. It's There's like a sewer leading up to like a, I don't know, what is that place? It's like a building little complex or something. And they do this really cool thing where they have a drone shot going over it. And as I'm as you're watching it, and this happens in several times in this movie, as you're watching it, you're like, okay, cool. This is where the fight's going to occur. I'm seeing the whole set. Like you're seeing it from a distance. And there's multiple times in this movie where you see a whole set and you're like, oh, this is where we're going to fight. And then the fighting itself was really good because, I mean, obviously you've got high, high level martial artists here that are really on top of their game. But what I really liked about it, and this, it felt almost like those video games where you have a really interesting backdrop where the fight occurs. And as you're fighting, they'll like, like fly through a piece of that like backdrop and go to a second level of the backdrop. And then they fight there and have a big, cool fight. And multiple times this felt like that to me, but in the best way, it was over two hours and I wasn't bored. I enjoyed it. So I think, I think people who like fight movies will like this. I did. And I don't generally. That is very cool. Written and directed by late filmmaker, Benny Chan. He passed away last year, I believe of Bruce cancer. So rest in peace to Benny Chan. After watching this movie, I actually want to see more of Chan's previous work, Eric Holmes. You might actually, out of all three of us, you might have seen more of these type of genre films than either yeah. of Bruce. Your thoughts on Raging Fire? This was this was pretty good. A story, I mean, story-wise, I mentioned, I don't know if it was on Finder Film or a movie Mainline, but I mentioned the movie The Cop, The Gangster, and The Devil. That movie has a really similar storyline of bad cop trying to do bad like they they really point out the because donnie yen's character does like cop stuff in the 80s cop movie would just be oh he's just a good cop you know goes outside the rules to do whatever in this movie they point out like no you can't do that (laughs) the cop the gangster and the devil go a lot deeper into into that whole idea and this one does okay with it but you don't at least for me, I don't really watch these movies for that. This is a stunt movie. This is a fight movie. So I'm watching this movie to watch the cool stunts, the cool set pieces, the fights, the choreography. And more importantly, like it's even got a couple of parts that are kind of similar to what, what they call the the Indian Hollywood, Bollywood. They, they have some definitely definite uh, Bollywood influence, especially there's one part where a guy's sliding towards a kid. <laughs> Jumps right. out of the passenger seat, grabs the kid, jumps on top of the yes. car. It's like, oh, you're going to be okay. I'm like, that was yeah, awesome. see, that that doesn't happen. But I just saw that, and that was pretty freaking sweet. <laughs> so it, it's got a bunch of it's got a bunch of ridiculous. Look, th- this movie is ridiculous, but that's kind of 
that's kind of where these movies shine. You get to watch the inventiveness. Uh, like even with the fights, if you slow them down, like the gunfights, you slow them down. There's like little little details they do or little moves someone in the background does to, you know, kill the person in the foreground. or You know, it all moves so fast and kind of goes in a blur. But if you slow them down, it's like, oh, I see what he did in the background. That was, that was pretty clever. Or, oh, okay, that person, like, like the one guy, you know, they have that, they're basically fighting back and forth with the gun. And he goes to shoot him, turns his turns his hand just in time, but it shoots a guy across the <laughs> shoots a guy in the, across the room that was just about to get ready get up and shoot him. So you know, the fun stuff like that. Yeah, I did. If you're if you're watching this for story, look elsewhere. But if you're watching this for uh, stunts and fights, this is right up there. And if you just got done watching, not going quietly, this is the perfect movie to come down off that. <laughs> Okay, so this is pretty solid recommendations from all three of us. Uh, Eric enjoyed the, the action stuff. Actually, Bruce liked the story as well. I, I like them both. But I could recommend it. Just we're parsing here. Well, all three of us give solid recommendations to Raging Fire. I am actually surprised that out of the movies that we saw, Raging Fire, I thought Raging, Raging Fire would have been sort of this. I think going back to what <laughs> Bruce was going to say with, when our, during our movie Mainline Days, cinematic dumpster fire, I thought this was going to be like a whatever movie, but it turns out to be the movie that really, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys agree, for the most part, the most enjoyable. It's just a fun movie, right? Yeah. I, and I think uh, like movies like this are a good example, especially after watching this after... Not Going Quietly. Not Going Quietly. That's such a terrible title. <laughs> like, but <laughs> but uh, uh, the... It, if I'm watching this movie, you know, if I'm some random person I'm watching this movie, someone's like, oh, my God, it's the greatest thing ever. I'm watching this movie. I'm like, this movie's stupid. But then that same person could watch this movie for the first time at, directly after watching Not Going Quietly. And it's like, this is exactly what I needed. Like, it, it, it's watching different movies in different contexts. It, it's kind of fun to kind of illustrates that there's no real objective way to say whether a movie's good or not, because uh you know and maybe some of them you know but beast in the cellar was pretty objectively bad but you know and other than movies that are just absolutely incompetent that it's neat how certain movies can in one in one context you watch it and the movie sucks but you watch it in a completely different context and it's the exact movie you wanted to watch and it's your favorite thing ever it's it's just neat how that that sort of thing kind of balances out sometimes yeah Definitely. I agree. I, uh, I definitely agree. I, for me, I could watch, fortunately I will disagree in one sense. I can watch Barry Lyndon, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece anytime of the day. Just tell me and I'll watch it. But anyways, that's, that's for another <laughs> argument on a future podcast. On as Find long as it's Barry Lyndon starring Donnie Yen. <laughs> yes, Barry Lyndon <laughs> starring Donnie Yen. That's the only way. Yes. I will not go quietly after watching that movie. That's going to be an awesome movie. Now again, raging fire, this Friday, August 13th, in theaters via Wellgo USA. We are done with our featured reviews this week. Now we're going to our recommendations. We've already mentioned the word caveat, but Eric Holmes has an actual film recommendation which deals with the word. What are we rewinding this week? Eric Holmes, tell us about it. Well, I finally saw a caveat three or four weeks ago, and we're talking about it now. <laughs> this. Okay, you're going to have to help me out here because I might be... So there's a woman walking around with this little rabbit thing and she's pointing the rabbit around, pointing the rabbit around and pointing the rabbit around and then pointing it and stopping the rabbits playing the drums. You know, it's a little rabbit toy, I guess, not an actual rabbit. It's, it's like a uh, kind that of a haunted with the symbols kind of. 
yeah but it's a it's a rabbit planted drum version of that and and quite honestly the rabbit's creepier looking (laughs) true (laughs) by a lot and this is, uh, if I'm remembering the movie correctly, th- so this one's the, where the guy's tied up. Yep. He's tied up and he's chained up because they go and they're supposed to look for something or like they're supposed to look after someone or something. She, Bruce, help like me out. Her, I, 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 the, her father died and she's alone in the house and she's kind of, she's pretty obsessive and, and has obviously some kind of emotional issues going on. And the, I think it's her brother i want to say or maybe her uncle i think maybe it's her uncle says i want you to just to stay with her a few days in the house because she doesn't want to leave the house i don't want to leave her there alone yeah but and she then- also doesn't want you to go in her room so you get to be like chained up to this harness that will only let you go to certain areas of the house but not all the way to her room which he which he thinks almost it, he believes correctly this is a bad idea i'm not doing that yeah. and but that that's the that's the part in the script where it's like we're going to let this part go. <laughs> yep. Cause yeah. Cause this it's, is the part that, yeah, there's no way in any life whatsoever that this would ever make sense or that anyone would do this, but it's a movie. So we'll give you that one. And then, yeah, he says sticks around the house and then she's a little, she's a little nuts. And I, I mean, it's a kind of a, it reminded me a lot of what is the one she's, I can't remember anything today. What What's the one with the, uh, the mom and the daughter watching their grandma in the house relic relic yeah this this had a lot of relic vibes to me it didn't have the never-ending house but there was like a bunch of nook hidden nooks and crannies i don't want to say they did a good job on geography in this because i got confused a lot of the geography but i think that was kind of the intention like i knew certain areas of the house and then i kind of got confused of where the the place is connected but i think that kind of helped with the dread and the thing that kind of creeps me out about these kind of sort of endless house type movies except this one the house does end and you just can't get out of it because he's chained up which doesn't make sense but yeah this is uh this is a very creepy movie i'm not sure i understand it fully Bruce, Bruce, why do you like all these creepy movies? You make me and me and Eric watch all these creepy movies that make us feel uncomfortable and, and question our own sanity, huh, Bruce? You made you made me and now I'm gonna have to watch it now and I'm gonna get creeped out. <laughs> I want to ask Eric, um, <laughs> were you? I'm not gonna say what happened, but there's a point where he's in a room with something, a small room, and he has a little, he has a like a a, a saw, a, a drywall little, saw. Yeah, did that seem really creepy the fuck out? Oh, what, what, uh, um, don't say what's in there. Don't say what's in there. Yeah. There's something in there with him. Yeah, I did. Cause uh, that, that's like one of those things. I, I have nightmares about that. And that's a <laughs> recurring one. It and and it's, it's weird because it's one of those things. You just see a wall. I mean, there's a wall behind, you know, Hey, Greg, look, look, look over there. There's a wall. You just take walls for granted. Oh no, I can't, I can't even bring out that movie. Cause I'll give up, <laughs> but you take walls for granted. You never know what's behind the wall. And so it kind of it kind of definitely plays into that and kind of in a way has some sort of some people under the bars a little from people under the stairs a little bit. But yeah, there's some creepy stuff. I'm not quite sure what the point of the story was. A lot of that went over my head. But I mean, it's I I think it's just a creepy movie. Maybe, Maybe, you know, maybe it's just nothing more than that, which is fine because it definitely did the job there creeping me out. So good on you. The only caveat I have is I have no pun for this review. So this is this is a, this is a recommend for you, uh, just as for people who love creepy atmospheric type of movies. 
Yeah, I, I think I and Bruce may or may not agree. I don't think this movie goes real deep. It mm-hmm. seems like a movie that should go deep or that feels like it is going deep. I don't think it does. I think it's just a creepy movie. If you're looking for something much deeper than that, you might be disappointed. But if you're just looking for a movie that's it would it's not even it didn't even seem like a very long movie. Was it like an hour and a half or something like that? And if you just want to get in and get out and be creeped out for a little bit, this will this will do the trick. Speaking of something that you can't get in and get out of, two hour. I forgot this as far as the featured reviews. I'm going to do this as a movie recommendation. By the way, that was Eric Holmes's rewind of Caveat, a movie that several weeks ago Bruce Perky praised. It's currently streaming, I believe, on Shutter. So de- definitely check it out there. But on in theaters August 13th, also streaming everywhere in theaters August 13th, a movie that I'm seeing is not getting as much play as as it should be it's already we're recording this on a wednesday we'll put this out on a thursday hopefully by friday there'll be some people who have heard of this movie called the east it's a movie set post-world war ii and it's called the indonesian war of independence it's a dutch film and it centers on a young dutch soldier who is who volunteers for this indonesian war of independence he goes to indonesia to actually make sure everything's fine he's trying to do make a difference in in his in the world, and what happens is he realizes that his I guess his colleagues the unit he's he's the 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 unit that he is part of they are just for a lot of times they are just stuck doing nothing patrolling patrolling the night making sure none of the rebels go into the, their camp he wants to do more so ultimately he enlists he becomes a devotee a a sort of a student of this really rebel not i don't even know if he's a rebel fighter he's just a a guy who straddles both sides he's known as the turk he is a person who knows the language in 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 the the turk yeah yes bruce bruce perky you can be the turk the turk that yeah yeah, bruce bruce perky the turk bruce the turk perky wait till you see this character the turk is a man to be feared ultimately this young dutch soldier realizes that if he joins up with the turk maybe he will actually get the soldier up and do some real damage and make a real difference in indonesia that is the premise of the east it's an epic film at two hours and 20 minutes but it's also a genre film there's a lot of action in this movie it reminds me a little bit of full metal jacket and i actually talked to the actor i'm butchering his name actually during the interview i asked him his name how to pronounce his name and i forgot what he's what he told me i have to actually look back on the video for the for the real pronunciation but i'm just going to say his name is martin lackmeyer and I think this guy is going to be a future, hopefully, star. In he has a good presence. He's an A-list actor, okay. And he's actually previously starred in this 2008 film called Winter in Wartime, and he received a lot of praise as a young kid. Now he's probably in his mid 20s, and I think hopefully this movie will set him off to a different path as far as a leading actor. But it is highly recommended. The reason why I'm not going to talk too much about the East is I'm going to request links for Eric and Bruce to hopefully see it if they have time. Maybe one of them, at, you know, at the very least, at the very least, will see the East. This might go down as one of my at least a top twenty film for me for the year two thousand twenty-one. I was really enamored with this movie. Has a lot of things I love: just visceral action, really, really brutal, and a very memorable ending. Speaking of which, last plug for my Cinematics Patreon members: I talked to Martine about the ending of the East. So find your film and Cinematics family listeners. That ending for the East will only live in that Patreon wall, which Eric and Bruce, since they're, even if you guys weren't Patreon guys, I'd send you the video as well so you can know what it's about. 
this is going to be a really good discussion on the ending of the East. So based on that, this really reminded me of a full, full metal jacket a little bit too. Not as classic as full metal jacket, but this is still a very, very good movie. The East really looking forward what Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes have to say about the East. But for you guys, listeners, check out, check it out when it hits theaters this Friday. And it's also available everywhere via streaming. Okay. That is my recommendation. Bruce, you're, you're up next. I am actually bringing a TV series, but it's only five episodes long. And I wanted to give it a little love because hardly anyone has Apple TV plus, or if they do, they never watch it. And also I've been, we've been bringing the musical flair to the show for the past few weeks. So I'm going to continue that trend with Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon. I don't even know what this is. Did I lose you for a second, Bruce? I think I lost Bruce. Pause. The pause. Perkadoon got. Uh, he, he looks it's like done, it's it's shown for Schmigadoon. You want me to start over again? Yeah, yeah. So uh, what right. is so sh- you're saying musical and it's Schmigadoon? Yeah, so Schmigadoon. It's four episodes long, or actually five episodes long. It's shown four so far, and the fifth and finale. I don't know if it's the finale for the whole thing forever, or if they're going to come back with another season. But the finale of this season is episode five this Friday on Apple TV Plus. Also, the episodes are only about a half hour long. So this whole thing is only, what, two and a half hours long if you watched it front to back. If you have any kind of love for musicals, especially classic musicals, this is kind of the opposite of what we just did with Annette. So, you know, with Annette, we had kind of a very different version of musical, not the classic musical at all. This is, the basic concept of this one is uh, you've got Keegan-Michael Key, you know, Keegan-Michael Key from Key and Peele and Cecily Strong and there's a lot of SNL alums, but other people too in this. They are a couple. They've been around for quite a while with each other and they're starting to kind of, they're having some problems in their relationship. So they decide to go on this kind of um, couples, get to get back together retreat. You know, they're going to go on a, this hike and be out in nature and all this stuff. And they, while they're doing that, they're arguing, they go across a bridge. The bridge goes through the fog. They come out the other side and they're in Schmigadoon. And it okay. is a takeoff on the musical Brigadoon. Which is a, a takeoff on every musical. Oh, wow. And it literally, amazing. they walk in and it goes from normal world to Technicolor world. Everybody's old timey looking. Everything's really fake looking like a musical. And they are greeted with a musical song and dance number. And unlike Annette, where everyone acted like the music was just part of life and they didn't act like it was weird at all. These two characters are like, what the hell? Why are they singing? And what's going on here? <laughs> How's the music? The quality. The music is fantastic. The more you know about musicals, classic musicals, the better it is. But if you don't, you still can enjoy the hell out of this. Um, they've got all the kind of the pat characters you'd want. You know, they got the preacher. They got the uptight women spinsters that are against anything that's kind of outside of perfect morality and Christian values that want to change, you know, keep seeing certain way. Do they have There's elaborate dances? Like seven elaborate dance and song oh, numbers. Wow. And it's great too, because they really play with it. Oh, and the basic concept is this. If they try to go back across the bridge, they can't leave. It's just more of this musical land as far as the eye can see. You can only get out of Schmigadoon by being with your true love. And of course, they're on the rocks, so they don't know who their true love is. So that becomes that a whole cool. subplot of at one point, I won't say too much, but at one point, <laughs> Keegan's character is like, he's walking across the bridge with every woman in town. <laughs> he's going to figure out his true love is. That's so funny. They oh. have a version of the trouble right here in River City. That's amazing. They have a version of Doe, a deer, a female deer, but mm. instead it's a, a song to a young child all about reproductive, how reproduction occurs. <laughs> that is funny. 
this movie is really, really fantastic. Or this show, I guess, is really fantastic. Super entertaining. I mean, this is, once again, we were talking about things that are kind of an antidote. You're watching a super heavy documentary about real life and real shit that's just, it's it's impactful, but just getting you down. I mean, you go to Schmigadoon and it's just, you're you're in that bright Technicolor world. And it's also just funny and it's also smart. Like it it weaves a whole lot of real world stuff into this like, super fake like technicolor landscape of old time musicals and it's great because there's a moment like say in episode two or three where the music starts because they'll say oh here comes a song they're like oh crap here comes a song you know because their characters are like knowing now they're stuck in this musical and at one point the music just starts and no one starts singing and she's like oh i'm supposed to sing this song and it's like that's a whole twist so anyway if you got apple tv plus give an episode or two a try i think you won't regret it all right, so that is Schmigadoon on Apple TV+. Plus. Before we get to Bruce's What's in the Box pick, let's do a lightning round on our thoughts on We Don't Need the Plot Synops. On the Suicide Squad, I'm going to go first. Really enjoyed it. Not going to watch it again. I will watch, though, the ending, the final five minutes or ten minutes of the ending when they actually fight the big beast. I, that's a movie. That's a sequence I will I can watch over and over again. I, I enjoyed the movie. Really enjoyed the movie. I, I don't know if it's over overly praised. Just had a fun, had a fun time. Maybe a little bit overly praised because I'm not going to watch it, the movie, the entire film over again. But I wasn't disappointed. Love the final act. Eric, your thoughts on the Suicide Squad? Uh, about the same. I don't. I didn't hate the first one like everyone else did, and this one's kind of on the same level, maybe a little better. And I want to see James Gunn do non comic book stuff again. But this seems to be where he wants to live at. So I guess more power to him. But mm-hmm. I, I really want to see, I, I, I would love to see James Gunn go back to trauma. Just do it. A couple of trauma. If you're going to, if you're going to work with IP, let's see James Gunn work with toxic Avenger or Sergeant Kabuki man or something like that. I'd, it'd be nice to see him return to his childhood home as it were. Uh, but as it is, you know, he's going to be doing uh, comic book movies for the rest of his career. It appears to be, and they're, they're not bad. They're not my favorite movies, but you know, they're, like you said, it's worth watching once, I think. Bruce? I prefer my comic book movies dumb, violent, and colorful, as opposed to self-important, gray, and ponderous. Wait, wait. Were you reviewing, <laughs> were you reviewing the Suicide Squad, or were you, were you, were you reviewing uh, the Snyder Cut? Which one? What, what are you, what? I haven't watched the Snyder Cut. I refuse. Mm. <laughs> no, okay. um. So yeah, to me, this is this is more my vibe with a comic book movie. I, I like it where it knows that it's silly. It knows that from the beginning, the concept is silly. And it doesn't even try to pretend that isn't the case. So it says, come along, let's have fun. It's and, and like to Eric's point, it's more like a trauma version of a giant comic book movie yes. than it is like him being imposed upon too much by the system his weirdness is is creeping out around the edges and to me you can tell by the characters he seems to enjoy the most which are the characters that are not the main characters he seems to enjoy the polka dot man he seems to enjoy the shark guy he seems to enjoy um, the girl with the rats yeah 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 and the rats so i mean you can tell that if he was given just even a little more he probably wouldn't even have the two hunky character dudes in this at all. Even though they have some fun moments, he'd probably be like, I don't even care about those guys. Let's just toss them off to the side. And really credit. Oh, go ahead, Eric. I, I, I want to also kind of not push back, but just kind of add that uh, 
you know, people talk about trauma movies as being schlock, and it is to a degree, but also uh, what trauma movies have that the Suicide Squad doesn't is not vastly deep, but there's like with Lloyd Kaufman's, with the Toxic Avengers movies, there's, you know, social commentary with the Poultry Guys, there's, I mean, that whole movie's a satire. There's the Suicide Squad's not really about anything. It's just a bunch of cool scenes happening one after another. And so when when people say that this is like a trauma movie, a, a Tromaville movie, I think they don't, I, I think it's kind of a slight on Tromaville movies because yep. I, th- I think they get, not all of them, but a lot of them go a little smarter than people think on the surface. I, I would I- say that. I think what you're talking about there, and we said we'd do this short, but I think we were talking about there too, is that this has to be what the comic books had plus what he's doing. Yeah. So I think you're only getting the part of what he would really be his sensibility and really be his story if he just had it. Like you said, like he does Slither. Slither is him. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) So yeah, I I see what you're saying. Or Belko experiment. He didn't direct it, but he wrote it. Um, Exactly. You know, this is like a Belko experiments, like a, a better version uh, in a more concise and thoughtful version of the Suicide Squad, I, you know, in a way. Yeah, but you know, I sure. think I, I think I also a couple of things I'm going to credit this movie for. I feel uh, I'm guessing that maybe James Gunn was a huge fan of the Robert Aldridge film, The Dirty Dozen. So that's a movie that also has really kind of really not much about anything. It's just more about the visceral exercise of seeing these people, seeing if they can get away in one piece. Same thing with the Suicide Squad on that very surface level. Still, still can be fun. Second thing I really enjoyed is. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. She she's not the big star in the movie. She's just one of the characters. She has a subplot, but I'm so glad that he let all those other other supporting players really shine. Actually, take the spotlight away from away from Margot Robbie uh, in this movie. So I thought it was really well well done. And credit to everyone for just making a really in, great ensemble piece. But yes, I, I I pretty much agree with you guys. I don't, I'm not gonna watch it again. I'll, I'll probably watch the ending again because I thought it was kind of cool. Starfish stuff. I love it. So okay, <laughs> now. Before we starfish yeah. flavored water, <laughs> yeah, it's very good. oh, very good. Oh, I love that, love that, love mm. that, and uh, we love the fanatic and the education of Charlie Banks as well. So, anyways, before before we get to what's in the box, what do what do we what do we have to drop before we get there? What does Peter Beta do? Yo, Pete, drop that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? All right, Bruce, what is what is in the box? What did you research for our fellow cinephiles out there in the movie sphere? Well, I watched, uh, rewatched, because I have seen it before, uh, Ingrid Goes West from 2017. This was suggested by the good Joe, the Russo brother. Yeah, not really a brother, but he's the good Russo. We call him. <laughs> <The good> Russo. <laughs> I think Again, both- Cherry's a classic, folks. Don't listen to Eric and Bruce. <laughs> Love Tom Holland in this one. I might be you, the only person saying that, but yeah. You've both seen this, I think, probably? Yes, maybe. enjoyed okay, it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you guys can both kind of drop in on it. Directed by Matt Spicer. I looked up Matt Spicer and he hasn't done a bunch of stuff. I was kind of surprised because this is a pretty solid movie. This is Elizabeth Olsen as kind of a influencer, Instagram person, and uh, Aubrey Plaza's character, Ingrid, kind of latches onto her. And at the beginning of the movie, we see, uh, okay, first of all, Ingrid goes west. I bet you 
for people who have not dived into this movie and know nothing about it, they hear that title, they probably think it's a Western. <laughs> they probably sure. don't know what it is. So I want to kind of dispel that right off the gate. This is very modern movie. Well, it's five years old, but it's, it's not a Western for sure. So Aubrey Plaza, at the very beginning of the movie, you see her, she looks disheveled, like she's been crying. She looks all stressed out and she walks into a wedding of somebody she might know. And she walks up to the bride and pepper sprays her in the face and then immediately cut to uh, she's in some kind of a facility, obviously going under some, you know, mental rehabilitation, possibly some medication, possibly some, some work on her, you know, mental stability. And um, she lo and behold gets out of the situation. Her mother has died. She has an inheritance of something like 60 or $70,000. She finds a new influencer in the name of Taylor, who is Elizabeth Olsen's character. And she's like, that's the person I would love to be. I should be that person. And off she goes to California to slowly weasel her way into Taylor's life. And this movie is, to me, it's, I mean, it's obviously a social satire. There's a ton of that there, but if, if even more so it's, it's just an exercise in, in cringe and awkwardness and tension this is the kind of tension you got in like the king of comedy if you ever saw the king of comedy this tension this social tension where this person is deluded and obsessed and doesn't understand how the world quite sees them and as you see them go slowly more and more into these situations with a person who doesn't know who ingrid is it becomes very uncomfortable very quickly and it just kind of it rolls from there it's it's a character study it's it's funny tense a little bit emotional at parts i think this is just probably about aubrey plaza's best role other than maybe last year's black bear this is showing a range in her that you don't always see uh, i can know this for a lot of people she's just not like they just turn off the minute they hear aubrey plaza they're like done but um i think you should give this a chance if you haven't ever done it okay so that is ingrid goes west is probably streaming everywhere you can how did you find that bruce again hulu hulu, hulu. okay so hulu hulu so check it out Ingrid goes west to on Hulu. I remember really enjoying this movie. And I think it was a probably not ahead of its time, right on time. And it's probably if you do a rewatch now, it's probably means a lot more. Eric, did you end up end up enjoying Ingrid Goes West from your recollection of the movie as well? Yeah, yeah. I saw it about the time it came out. And then as Bruce is talking about, it, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, it, it's kind of like one of those uh I'm glad you brought up King of Comedy or like a talented Mr. Ripley, not Talent, not exact, but like the uh, get the obsessive person that does, you know, just kind of, yeah, becomes more of a problem, I guess. But the trick with it, this movie is a lot of these movies like it, you're with her the whole time. So you kind of sympathize, but also she's like the villain, but also you sympathize to a degree with her. Yeah. I think that's the trick with this movie is to kind of ride that line. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, it's the, that's the kind of that's a, it's not a Western. It's that that's the kind of movie and I'm, I'm trying to, it like I had like 15 in my head. And now the only one I can think of is talented Mr. Ripley, but uh, anyway, that's a great movie. Talented yeah. Mr. Ripley. Very, very good. Okay. So that is Ingrid goes West. I don't know if you should add this, but Martin, the actor from the East, I asked him what, what's one of his favorite all time favorite movies. A couple of things we can throw in the boxes. He mentioned, you don't have to throw this if you, but you can, if you want the big Lebowski, that was his choice. There's the big Lebowski. And also I interviewed Carlos Lopez Estrada. I think you might guys might know him. He's one of the directors from Raya and the Last Dragon. And he also mm-hmm. did Blind Spotting. I asked him when it's one of his favorite movies. And he said, do the right thing. Do the right uh-huh. thing. That might be something that'd be interesting because I haven't can... seen that since 
it came out in the theaters, I don't think. Yeah, I haven't seen it since I was in college. So I, that, that might be something that we can throw in the box. And if you do, if you do check it out, I'm going to check it out with you, Bruce Perky. Speaking of things that we're going to check out next week for, oh, I'm so happy that Bruce is actually writing down a couple of these things for what's in the box. Do you remember Do the Right Thing, Eric? Do you remember that? Do you remember seeing that? And Yeah, I just watched that again like four months ago, five four months, months ago. Okay. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Nunn, yeah, the thing with the, okay. So, oh, cool, cool. Now, a couple of things for next week. We're, we're going to interview, what is his name? Juan Diego Escobar. Escobar Azate. Juan Diego for, Escobar Azate. For Luz, the Flower of Evil. Make sure, again, email, email, email Eric Holmes for that giveaway. It's an amazing giveaway. He's going to be sending some random winners. These uh, these really amazing items, some of them are autographed by the filmmaker. And you know what? I would probably say, hey, please, Mr. Holmes, hook me up with that special edition <laughs> DVD Blu-ray, which has all those. That It's only, what, 213 out of 333? It's something like that. Yeah. You've got, it's uh, limited. It's uh, now uh, I I might have to put these on to make sure. Uh, I think they're region. Well, Blu-rays are region free. Uh, the DVDs, I will check those on my DVD player to see if they work because like the, the ones, the German version, so on and so forth, whether they work or not, these are mostly for collector's items anyway, um, look, especially look the posters. And, my gosh, uh, look what Eric and Juan are doing for you guys. You, you know, lose the flower yeah. of evil. You guys are, are being treated. You know what? Forget it. It's not free. You have to be a member of the Cinemax <laughs> Facebook group. You have to like all our socials, and then you have to make put a comment on our Apple podcast. Now, if you don't do that, and if you don't follow me, you can still enter the giveaway. Don't worry about that. I was kidding. I was kidding. That's an amazing giveaway for lose the flower of evil. I'm so excited to actually watch this movie. Bruce Perky's seen this movie, but he's actually going to rewatch this again, along with so many other movies that he has to watch. I think Eric. Combs in in, a, in his own weird way. He doesn't have to rewatch Lose the Flower of Evil because probably every two days when Bruce and I, I are not are not looking, he's probably just it's probably playing on his laptop. Just I mean, I mean I'll watch it again if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> very very. Now, that, now they, they, this is this is one of those like oh I get an excuse to watch again. I guess I'm just gonna have to put it on. <laughs> yes yes. I'll, but again again again. Hopefully Eric will be here next week because. Who knows? Maybe a couple of politicians might come knocking on his door. Eric Holmes may disappear. There yes. may be a sandworm attacking him. There <laughs> may be Timothy Chalamet might actually want to actually call Eric Holmes by his real name and Paul Atreides him all the way to next week. We'll see what happens. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of things next week. But in all seriousness, we are also going to review a couple of movies next week. We just got a screener link for a movie, an animated film called Crypto, Crypto, Crypto Zoo. Zoo. Crypto oh. Zoo. Which oh. I think Bruce is interested in. And I received a screener link for next week. This might be the only two movies we're, co- we're going to cover because I, you know what? I'm tired of watching four movies a week, man. Bruce gets it done before us. And then I'm, I'm in, I'm in a coma. And until the last six hours, I'm not going to do this again because you know why? The second movie we're covering might be very value added. It's a movie called Demonic. I just got the screener yes. link for Demonic. Long <laughs> <laughs> cap. Is that the. Yes, it is. Oh, right. oh, yeah. oh, no. Is that Brand. the yes, it is? Bring it on. Here it comes. After, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm ready yes. for this one. I haven't seen anything, but I, I like everything. Uh, I saw District Elysium 9, Chappie. What? Love, love District 9. I saw Elysium once. Uh, okay. Love District 9. And Chappie? Chappie's, uh, oh, I love Chappie. Chappie's probably his best one. Chappie's probably. Okay, Bruce, what do you, what got Neil Blomkamp, what, what do you think? Oh, District 9, Chappie. Um, I like all the movies. I like Elysium. all his Oats Studios stuff that he did in the last like four or five years. All the shorts he did. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm so, I'm so glad that he, now it, 
like I know that he was supposed to do Halo and he was supposed to do the Alien movie. I am so glad he dodged that bullet. I mean, oh, that, you, you, it, it would have been great for his career, but we get District Nine, we get Elysium, we get Chappie, we get uh, we haven't seen Demonic yet, but that's four. That's he did four movies, and none of those are franchise movies. Had he started off doing Halo, he would be working on Halo 4 right now, and we would not have any of the four movies that we but have he, now. Eric, he'd have a $500 million house in, in, in Malibu. And in I'm ocean. sorry that he doesn't, but I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping he's at least doing well. And as, as, uh, as far as an artist putting art out into the world, total, uh, total dodge bullet that he wasn't able to get Halo off the ground. Okay. originally and then he didn't get stuck in the and i love halo i love alien franchise but i love that we got four original movies from a artist as opposed to four franchise movies that anyone could have done well that is a very good point bruce perky do you agree with eric holmes's assessment about this whole artistry journey thing do you like that do you like what eric holmes just said yep absolutely I absolutely hate it. I'm, on, I'm in it for the cash grab. <laughs> cash grab. Please support us on Amazon, Amazon Associates. So we get a little cut. And I'm so excited. I'm all kidding aside. We're really excited to, to actually review Demonic and whatever. What is it? Papa Zhao. <laughs> that's, the, that's not the Kevin. I was thinking of the Kevin Federline song. Uh, Crypto Zoo. Crypto <laughs> Zoo. It's not Papa Zhao. It's Crypto Zoo and Demonic. Maybe a couple of other things. Of course, Lose the Flower of Evil next week. Before we go, Eric, you have anything to say? Anything? Peace, say? peace out, motherfuckers. <laughs> Peace. Okay, Peace. very good, very good, Bruce. We, as, as always, we we end with the smartest person in the room, Eric. Not Eric. That, that, Eric, <laughs> thank you, thank Freudian. you so much, <laughs> Bruce. What are, final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts are: uh, Greg doesn't care about what's in the box. What's in the box is Wild Tales from 2014. Oh, you're right. Oh um, my god. Oh my god. Suggested by Jeff Basson. Thank you. Why? Okay. What is it? <laughs> yes. What's in the box? What's in the bleeping? Box Wild Tales. I just told you. Box. Wild Tales from Jeff. We Nassau. saw it. We knew it was in the box. You just told us. I forgot. I forgot. I'm sorry, Bruce. And what's in the box? I do care about it. Have you? Have any of you seen Wild Tales? You know, I haven't. I've heard about it forever, and I need to see it. Anderson Wild Tales is amazing. I've seen a piece of Wild Tales, but not the whole movie. Anderson Cowan story. Edit Anderson Cowan story. Director of Groupers and uh, my my co-host in Cinematics. I I, I hope he, uh, Anderson is not listening to this part of this thing. Anderson has only given me given me maybe one and for the twenty five plus years I've known him. He's given me maybe a couple of screeners or, or or DVDs or whatever. I remember him giving me a copy of Wild Tales, telling him I'd see it. I don't know where it is. I probably lost it, and I've never seen Wild Tales. Oh I know Anderson God. Cowan is a huge fan. Eric Holmes, do not tell Anderson that I just said that. But uh, supposedly Anderson loves Wild Tales. And Jeffrey Basson, he was there. He was a, at a previous episode where we did Days of Heaven. So that we know the guy is not just a good artist. He's also very he has, he has great taste. So I might join you on Wild Tales. How many movies? Do you have, how many movies do you have to see next week, Bruce? Come on, count them out. The hunted. Um, you have to see the hunted with William Friedkin. I have to see. I have to see the hunted. I have to see our two screeners. I've got to rewatch Lose the Flower of Evil. I got to finish Migadoon. and then you got to see Wild Tales Six. And I might watch what's that movie with the uh, vampire that's on an airplane hijacking Blood Moon or something. I might watch that. Oh, too. the the Netflix one. I don't remember the name. I, <laughs> I, I might watch that too. About. I, yeah. yeah, I think I, I've heard enough about it. I, I think I might wow. be with you. I'm either going to watch. But technically, you don't have to watch anything because you're a grown ass man. And you do what you want. Very good. Well, I'm not a grown ass man, even though I'm going to be 50. I'm, <laughs> next week, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm either going to see six or nine movies. I don't know. Maybe if I combine them together. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a very good number that I'm going to love. Right, Eric? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, very good. Before we go, 
Let's do this one more time. Final thoughts from Bruce Perky, aka aka Perky. I gave you my final thoughts. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> no more final thoughts for Bruce Perky. We are. That's going my to leave. final answer. I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> no more. No more thoughts. No more final answers from Bruce Perky. But you know what? That's a good thing, listeners, because we're going to leave the final thoughts and the final insights from you for you guys, and you can keep it a secret until we come back next week here on Find Your Film. Take care, guys. Hey guys, if we're back. If you're actually listening to this, our podcast feed actually ended. So for some reason, you're probably still in your car and you're you're walking around and you're wondering why why is Greg Suzavasti still spewing his friggin' mouth? Well, there's a reason why because we, me, Bruce Perky, and Eric Collins, we've been talking about our top 69 podcasts out there. That for, and, and these podcasts will be available in whatever podcatcher you use. Eric, we, we're now down to our number one podcast of our top 69. For some reason, Eric Holmes created that number that we, me and Bruce had to research, like list, literally listen to so many freaking yes, podcasts. Yes. Eric, what is your number one out of your 69? Well, I mean, there, there's many podcasts that I like, but um, my number one, and it it wasn't really that tough. It wasn't really that tough to come up with this. My number one podcast and YouTube channel is Let's Crash This Parade with uh, Jack Fitzpatrick. He's a very funny guy and he has a bunch of wonderful videos uh, about movies and about his thoughts on movies and a uh, bunch of uh, fun ranking lists. And I, I just, he's just a clever guy and uh, a really uh delight to watch on the YouTubes. And that's why he's my top number one of 69 YouTube channels slash podcast. That is very kind of you, Eric Holmes. Eric Holmes is also always a sunny side of the street kind of guy, unless he's, really gets mad about certain things like political politicians. That's another, <laughs> we're, we're going to, if you listen to the podcast, you know where we're going with that and, and Dune and expectations. Bruce Perky, do you agree with Eric Holmes? What's your, do you have a number one as well? Well, I I'm slightly different than him. Uh, mine is called let's crash this parade. It's by uh, Jack Fitzpatrick. He's, he's pretty good. great too. Yeah. He's pretty funny. Um, he's, he's almost as funny as the other one that Eric was mentioning. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of tend to go with the the parade versus the parade. So that that's my my choice. Parade yeah, I versus- mean, I, I actually kind of agree with uh, Bruce a little bit, but I mean, we're splitting hairs. They're both fantastic. It's, it's kind of apples and apples. Yeah, I mean, you know, a little bit. <laughs> or Caribbean or Caribbean or tomatoes and tomatoes. My Demi, Demi, you know. My, my number one pick. Tomato, for- tomato. My number one pick for a podcast, my favorite podcast is Andrew Watches Movies or the Movie Bears podcast or the Middle Class Film Class. I do not like Jack Fitzpatrick and Let's Crash This Parade because it is not an actual podcast. It's a YouTube channel. Jack Fitzpatrick, I'm outing you right now. You need to do a podcast <laughs> immediately. Also, I do hate you, Jack Fitzpatrick, because I strongly, oh, I'm not going to say hate you. No, I really hate you because you have about 1,380 subscribers and you just started and your your YouTube channel is popping off the charts. Listeners, viewers, if you like really good movie stuff and lists like Eric was ta- talking about, you can go to Jack Fitzpatrick's Let's Crash This Parade YouTube channel. But Again, you're not a podcaster. You never will be Jack Fitzpatrick. I strongly dislike you because you're so charming and you do so many, so many great headlines and great movie subjects that you trump me every single time. My YouTube channel on Deepest Dream, only as we speak, has 920 subscribers. And it is thanks to my charm and lack of knowledge, it is descending as we speak. So I do not like success, successful people like you, Jack Fitzpatrick. Thank you so much for the kind words, but you're only going to get kind, wonderful words, words from my betters, Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes. Until then, I wish you a lot of success and listeners if you haven't actually checked out in all seriousness jack fitzpatrick's let's crash his parade youtube channel this is not a paid endorsement this is something he's a member of our cinematics facebook group 
We love him very much. And he is a very, like all of us and like all of you listeners, he's a huge cinephile. We will see you guys next week for Papa Zao or I don't know what, what is it, Bruce? Crypto what? Cryptocurrency? Like Eric Holmes said, what is it? I'm looking at my cryptocurrency right now. I'm, I'm basically in the red by 9,000. What's, what's the movie we're covering next week? What is it? What is it called? Crypto what? Crypto, crypto zoo crypto oh crypto zoo i have crypto on my mind as usual folks and crypto zoo and demonic the publicist said i just emailed demonic eric holmes and bruce perky will get a screening link for that neil blomkamp film very very soon so we are very happy listeners if you are actually listening to this in the in this entire podcast that's amazing we love you so much but we love you to a point because next week get ready for lose the flower of evil you will never be the same will they eric oh and he's making will it will people ever be the same after next week hopefully not change me and i'll change you in weird ways (laughs) enough said guys definitely this time we'll see you next week